Welcome to episode number 20 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. We're so glad you're with us today. My name is Steve Webb. Today, Pastor Bennett will be teaching from Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 and 12 and 13. His subject is Seven Steps to the Spiritual Life. So let's get our Bibles out as we join Pastor Mel Bennett. Pastor, the floor is yours. Thank you, Steve. Here's podcast number 20, and we're going to discuss this morning seven steps to the spiritual life. So turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 1, verses 4 through 8, verse 12 and 13. We read these words, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that not to depart from the Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father hath put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. As we begin today, I want to talk about the fact that we need to grow spiritually. Before we can ever grow spiritually, we must recognize that there is a spiritual battle going on between good and evil, right and wrong. If you are going to be a true Christian, you're going to be involved in this battle. and You're going to need the Holy Spirit to guide you and help you in the fight. Paul shows us in Galatians 5.16 the kind of battle we are involved in. Galatians 5.16-23 through 23 reads as follows, But I say then, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now notice he said, they, they, the flesh fights against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. That's what the word here, lust, means. Flesh lusts against the spirit. The flesh fights against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now listen to what it says. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, here he tells us what the works of the flesh are, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, uh, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not enter the kingdom of God. Notice the huge list, the long list of items that he gives us here. 
Now he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. But if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. He says, these nine things, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, will outwit and defeat the enemy any time they come into battle together, because against these things there is no law. We're encouraged here to walk in the Spirit. Why? So that we do not join the battle on the wrong side. The Bible brings out a threefold battle that is raging in this world. The world standard opposes the heavenly standard. Paul challenges us to walk worthy of the heavenly standard. This is a life that is outside the ability of people to live. Only the Holy Spirit can help you. For it is the fruit of the Spirit that makes this life possible. You might say to me, well, I have some or all of these qualities in, in my life. But what I'm referring to here is a divine quality of life, not a human quality. So there is a difference, a great deal of difference in between the two. Thirdly, the flesh opposes the Spirit. Because the Bible says, because one sinned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This was the tragedy that took place in, back in the Garden of Eden. The human family lost its God-given shine, which was a spiritual shine, I believe, and the flesh began to rule. Since then, the battle between the flesh and the spirit goes on. Thirdly, the devil opposes God. Everyone is serving one or the other. You may not even realize it, but you are. You either choose Jesus or the devil. One will be your master. The battle for your soul is going on continually, day and night. The devil wants you, and as long as you serve him and do his will, he doesn't bother you much. But start walking and living for Jesus, and he will fight you all the way. As a Christian, you are in a spiritual warfare. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise God. And so the battle goes on for the souls of men. In this battle, the devil wants to keep every believer from becoming spiritual, and he will use any of these methods to keep you from growing spiritually. Now, if lived in the proper way, this will be both an experience and a life. Here Paul again says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh or the sins of the flesh. This is life in the Spirit. The experience of the Spirit will come. You don't have to worry about that. Now, I want to give you seven steps that I believe will help you achieve an upper room experience and a life that is pleasing to God, something that will help you in your spiritual walk with God. The first step is the step of faith. Listen to Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 is a great faith chapter in the Bible. If you want a list of people who were people of faith, you'll find them here. More important is the fact that this is really God's list. God is the one who established this list of people. If you accept the fact that God wants you to grow spiritually, then you must also accept the fact of this verse in Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 6. What is it? Without faith, you cannot please God. And so without faith, you cannot grow spiritually. It would be hard to believe that God would help you grow in your spirit if you didn't believe Him. 
and live to please Him, God's desire is for your spiritual growth, and as you cooperate with Him, He will produce in you what is needed. But you say you have no faith. That simply is not true according to the Word of God. Listen to the Bible in Romans 12.3. Paul writing says, But think soberly, accordingly, now listen to this, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Paul is speaking of pride, and he says that we should think of a soberly because God has given to everyone some faith. There was some in the church that was saying, I have great faith, and others, you don't have any faith. But Paul says, listen, the important thing is God has given to each one of us a certain amount of faith. That means you, my friend. You have enough faith given you to believe God for your growth spiritually. You can count on it. God wants you to grow and to develop spiritual muscles so that you can fight the good fight of faith. Prior to their upper room experience, the disciples were filled with fear and did not know what to do. Jesus told them to go to and wait for the promise of the Father. They believed him and went. Though fearful, they still believed, and their faith was rewarded on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out on them and they became spiritual giants for God. Believe this, it is God's will for each of us to grow, and he will provide even the faith to believe him for that growth. We need, first of all, to acknowledge that we need to be spiritual men and women for God, and that involves a life of faith. So I challenge you this morning, live a life of faith. Live a life that brings godliness to your heart and to your life, and you will live a life of faith when you follow God. The second step is obedience. Now listen to Acts 5, 31 and 32. Him God has exalted to his right hand, to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to, lo- to those who what? Who obey him. Notice carefully those words. It is to those who obey the Lord that it there is given the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is obviously necessary to spiritual growth. This is often the most difficult areas of our lives to bring under the hand of God. We want to go do our own thing, and therein lies the problem when it comes to spiritual growth. My daughter and her husband were preparing to do a work for God. When asking them why they were going to a certain place, their answer was not in regard to a matter of place or time to do this ministry, but simply they had to say yes to God, to whatever God had for them to do. But obedience was the issue, and always is. You see, obedience to God is always foremost in our lives if we want to grow. But what is here said of this faith? It is said that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without such faith as helps us walk to walk with God, an active faith, and that we cannot believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what we must believe. We cannot come to God unless we believe that. Firstly, he must believe that God is, and, and that he is what he is, what he has revealed himself to be in the scripture, a being of infinite perfections subsisting in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Observe the practical belief of the existence of God as revealed in the Word would be a powerful holding rope upon our souls, a bridle of restraint to keep us from sin. 
and a spur of constraint that put us upon obedience to the gospel. Secondly, that, is a reward, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Observe this. Number one, by the fall we have lost God. We have lost the divine love, likeness, and communion with God. Secondly, God is again to be found of us through Jesus Christ, who was, the Bible says, the second Adam. Thirdly, God has prescribed a means and way wherein he may be found by a strict attention to his words, by paying attention to his activities while here on earth, that is, the word of God, and by listening to his guidance in all things, humbly waiting for his gracious presence. Fourthly, those who would find God in these ways of his, seek him diligently. They must seek early, earnestly, and perseveringly. Then shall they seek him and find him if they seek him with all their heart. And when once they have found him, as their reconciled God, they will never want to go back to their previous life. Listen, if you want to move into a spiritual walk with God and a life that is truly spirit-led and spirit-filled, you can begin with these two steps, faith and obedience. Next time, we'll deal with the final five steps to a spiritual walk and a spiritual life with God. Now I want you to listen to the words of this great old hymn, Trust and Obey. Trust, that's faith. Obey is obedience. And so this, this seems like it was written for us today, but it was actually written by John H. Samus in 1887. The inspiration for this hymn began in 1886 when the composer of the music, Daniel B. Tanner, told the following story. Mr. Moody was conducting a series of meetings in Brockton, Massachusetts, and I had the pleasure of singing for him there, he said. One night a young man rose in a testimony meeting and said, I'm not quite sure, I don't know how to say this, but I'm going to trust him and I'm going to obey him. I just jotted that sentence down and uh, sent it with a little story to the Reverend J. H. Samus, a Presbyterian minister. He wrote the hymn, and the tune was born that day. Listen to the beautiful words that were written. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, nor a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delight of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or will walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Only never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Join with me in prayer, would you, right now? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We're thankful for the day that we found the joy of trusting and obeying. Oh God, sometimes you lead us through waters that are very deep, 
ways we do not understand, things we do not know, why we are going through them. But, oh God, you lead us and we follow and we're willing. I pray, God, today that if there's anyone listening to this broadcast who does not know you as their personal Savior, that today they will trust you and obey you and accept you as their personal Savior and receive Jesus Christ into their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Trust and obey. When you find that you can trust God, it becomes easier and easier to obey Him. I've discovered that to be true in my life, and I'm so glad that God is the giver of faith so that we can learn to trust Him. Pastor Bennett would love to get an email from you. The easy address to remember is pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. I hope you'll join us next week. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.